Welcome to Eurovision Queens! celebrating the fabulous Eurovision Song Contest. Hello, I'm Andy, and I have more Eurovision facts in my head than I probably should. And I'm Ryan, a Eurovision basic bitch who's here to learn more about the contest history, although I've met people with far more basic Eurovision knowledge than me since doing this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Those guys in... On the beach. On the beach, yeah. <laughs> Did not even know what euphoria was. That was terrible. They, they, <laughs> they claimed to be Eurovision queens. Yeah. Did they even give we'll, us our name? We'll show them. Yeah, possibly. They may have even... Yeah. Inspired, inspired us. Inspired us. To be the true Eurovision queens. <laughs> our origin story. Yeah. So there we go. I'm sure everyone wants to hear it. Okay. So, what episode are we? We're up to episode nine. Nine. Nine already? Gosh. Almost in double figures. So, as you listen to this, we're going to be separated. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This this goes out. You're going to be in the UK. Yeah, and you're going to be in Australia. I will. I'll have just arrived in Melbourne, where I'll be doing some work with a the university there. Mm. Having travelled around Australia, having started in Perth, and then carried on my tour to Adelaide and then to Melbourne before I fly to New Zealand. But the good thing about flying to New Zealand is we'll be reunited Yay! there. <laughs> Thank the Lord. Yeah. Well, while you're gallivanting around Australia, yeah. I will be in the UK with Australians. One in particular. Which one? Natalie Imbruglia. Gosh. I shall have seen her last week. Really? Yeah. Good I will have screamed every single word of Left of the Middle. So, yeah, t- tell the listeners why it's an important concert for you. Because I bloody love Natalie Imbruglia. Yeah, but, and it's, but the, this particular concert is... Is performing all of. Oh, it's like that. Yeah, it's the twenty fifth anniversary of Left of the Middle, and I loved that album from start to finish. I feel like you almost brought it into being though, because even before you knew (laughs) it was happening, you said, "What I'd really love is if there was a celebration of that album. She sang every song live." Yeah, well, it was. She won the Masked Singer. Oh, was that? So I was like, right now that she's won that, I think she should come and do this tour, and then she did like a week later. Are you sure Natalie and Bruley is not not bugging your flat? Well, she was in Warwick a couple of weeks ago, wasn't she? Honestly, in the park. <laughs> squared that circle. <laughs> That's what's going on. Wow, she's obsessed Stop with me. Stop listening in, Natalie. Unless you'd like to be on the podcast. Yes. <laughs> Actually, yes. Keep listening, Natalie. Just let us know when you're free. Yeah. For the, the Brules episode. <laughs> we have got a podcast shout out now. Woo! <laughs> we listened for the very first time. They've probably been doing it ages, but we, we were first-time listeners to Nul Point with Laura and Martin. And we enjoyed it, didn't we? Yeah, it was really good. We listened it, to it in the car. Yeah. It's a current Eurovision News podcast, which is something we would never claim to do, nor would want to do. Sounds like a lot of work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and we record in advance of things going out, but they're like, every week they must be there doing stuff. Mm. And yeah, they have a lovely repartee. They're fun, it's light, but they also clearly have knowledge, but at the same time, they're not arrogant. They said at one point, well, we don't know everything, we know only some things, and we're learning all the time, and I like that. So, um, yeah, if you're not following them, their podcast, again, is Null Point. They are on Twitter at Points Null, or Point Null, (laughs) if you prefer, if you're feeling particularly French. So, hurrah for Mm. Null Point. As we move into the episode, then, do you want to know about the structure? Do you? Do you? <laughs> Ryan's yawning. <next laughs> I <to me>. really do. <laughs> We're recording quite late. It's about 11 o'clock in the evening. We don't usually record this late. Let's see how it goes. Mm. It might be obvious to the dear listeners. There may be a little like interlude and it turns into morning. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> so, the structure of the podcast. Tell them, Ryan. Each episode we aim to play seven Eurovision songs based on seven different categories. Seven! Count them! What are those categories, Andy? Well, hmm? the first three are time-locked to different periods in Eurovision history. 2010s to the present day, 90s and noughties, and 80s and earlier. Although I have to say, every time we're coming up with lists, Ryan's saying... Yeah, that 90s and noughties category, it's getting quite noughties, isn't it? Honestly, I really struggle with 90s Eurovision. I'm really struggling to find things. I will endeavour 
to find more 90s songs to play, but it has not really happened so far. <laughs> yeah. So it's more of a naughty's category, that second one. Mm. Anyway. The second three will be a UK entry, a bridesmaid slot for a, a song that came second place that we would like to celebrate, and then a Juice Award. What is the Juice Award, Ryan? The Juice Award is a celebration of a song that didn't get past its national selection. So it could be from any country? It could be from any country. Any year? Any year. And finally, we hand over to the randomizer, which we fondly call our Chaos Monkey. This is the point in the show at which a song is chosen at random using an automatic year generator online. We have no idea what's going to come up. This is scary. (laughs) Yeah, often comes up with a crap song. And a recent tweak... (laughs) to our um, our podcast is that we have a Spotify playlist which we encourage you to find it's called Eurovision Queens and we add to that playlist every two weeks with the songs that we've just played on an edition of Eurovision Queens we've decided most recently that we will not include songs that the randomizer chooses that we don't like <laughs> we do a 3-2-1 vote we do and then it's like we play rock paper scissors yeah. to decide whether it goes on or not. If one of, and if one of us thinks it should go on, then it goes on. It's not rock paper scissors, then, isn't it? No, but we did like three, two, one. Oh, I see. Thumbs hands, up, thumbs hands, down. Thumbs, yeah. yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So you can just picture us doing that now, can't you? <laughs> it's coming alive for you, this podcast. So if that sounds like fun, if you're on board for all of that, it's time for that familiar anthem. <laughs> First category, as ever, is 2010s to the present day. Who have we got first in episode 9? We've got Yes by Ben and Tan, who represented Denmark in 2020. Did they? Well, they did. Sort of. <laughs> but the 2020 episode again. Oh, I know. It's so Poor sad. Poor 2020. <laughs> yeah, let's get into that after we've heard this thing. <laughs> yes.
So I've always called that say yes, not just yes. Yeah, well, it's, it's yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just yes. Is it a yes or a no from the jury? Definitely a yes. Yeah. Yeah. I actually love this song. Um, I'm going to get quite emotional about this song. This once came on in a car journey when I wasn't with Ryan before we were together and I cried because of this song because it made me think about you. Aww. Yeah, because we'd watched the Eurovision apart together, hadn't we? Yeah. Like this fake Eurovision that should have happened that never yeah. did. But it was before that even. It was like, it was just one of the songs that, that really spoke to me. And yes, <laughs> one of the few songs where like I thought this is this is a song that means something to me in a relationship and actually properly does and still makes me feel very Aww, happy. You big soppy thing. It's a bit soppy, isn't it? <laughs> Especially for the first episode <laughs> when like the 2010s to present day are usually like bangers. And yeah, it is a bit of a banger. <laughs> But it's it's one of those sort of simple songs, but it's I think it's really effective and very well performed. Mm. Should we talk about um, how it's performed? The version we saw on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Go, ahead. go on. I'm not saying. Tell anything. me about it. So um, I don't know which way they are around. Um, he's Benjamin Rosenbaum, Ben, and Tan is Tane Balchels, and they're a duo from Denmark. They got together after meeting each other on the X Factor in that country. For the performance, he's in a black plaid suit and she's in a white dress with black boots. Well, it's a, it's a dress slash blazer. Yes. <laughs> so it's got very bad bad hem, I have to say. It's a half blazer, half dress. As a gay man, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to know more about Ben and Tan? Definitely. Well, Ben was born in 2002 and Tano was born in 1998. So they're very young. They're very wee, very young. really, aren't they? Of course, they should have gone on to perform at Eurovision in 2020, but it was cancelled. They were on the 12th season of X Factor together. Yeah, they actually performed in different capacities on that season. He was a soloist and she was part of a group called Echo. He got all the way to the final and was the runner-up that year. Wow. Whereas she was eliminated in fourth place, or rather the group was eliminated in fourth place. Singing All the Things She Said by Tattoo. Oh. So that's the Eurovision connection for you. (laughs) (laughs) So, what do you think about the song? You haven't said much about it. No, I haven't. Yeah, I really like like the song. I remember when they played all all the things that should have been on Eurovision that didn't. This was a really good song. Yeah, it was just a really good song. I put it on my playlist, I think. Well, you know, I made a little playlist after this one. But it was one of those ones that going into 2021 was so weird when half of the people came back and half didn't. And kind of sad that they didn't. I would have been excited to see them Mm. come back. What I loved in the performance we just saw was at the end, they were so surprised how well the performance went. They were kind of like, oh, that was really good. You could see from their reaction that they were really excited by their own performance. Yeah, and their vocals blend together so nicely as well, don't they? Which can be quite a challenge some people. I mean, this song really grew on me. I mean, I think it was one of my top three or four in the end that year. I mean, it did help that there was a slight love angle <laughs> to it. <laughs> but certainly um, one of my favourites from 2020. Mm, 2020 what? was a good year. Oh, it would have been such a good Eurovision. It's it's devastating that we never got it. Mm. We never got that result. Talking of the result, where do you think this would have placed in 2020 had it been performed? Ooh, I reckon it would have done really well in the semi-finals. Yeah, and it was scheduled to be in the second semi-final played late on. Oh, so that would have helped. It's going to be a late, you know, in the in the draw. So, um, yeah, in the final, what do you think? It would have definitely got through to the final. I think. Yeah, I reckon it probably would have been six. All right, I think more like eighth. Oh, okay, just because even though I love it. Yeah, it wouldn't have just... been. I don't think it would have made top five. No, but it would have. But it would have been there around. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Ben and Tan. We do say yes. Say yes, say yes. Right. We're now moving on to 90s and noughties. Who have we got? We've got They Can't Stop the Spring by Dervish, who represented Ireland in 2007. Potato. Stands. And from less to 
watched Dervish performing They Can't Stop the Spring for Ireland in 2007. Mm. Tell me, Ryan, what do you think? Well, (laughs) (laughs) yes, so we we had to watch that and then you had to play the studio recording directly afterwards just to say this is why we're actually watching this one because the Eurovision performance was was not good. (laughs) I mean, you will have just heard the studio version and I'm sure you'll agree it's very good if you like this sort of song. And it's also the version that really made me love it and think this is a strong contender in 2007. It's a a very you song as well, isn't it? Oh, it it really is. I mean, it goes into my folk vibes and it's quite emotional. Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. I really did. And I thought this is going to do brilliantly. It didn't do brilliantly. It was just like someone's mum's on stage and her arms were stretched too much. And, and her just... lack of confidence. I think she's completely overwhelmed by the event. Yeah, by the arena, I guess. Because, yeah. you know, a folk act to translate, to translate that. into yes. that. Yeah. She looked so overwhelmed. And all the guys on stage, I was kind of angry at the men. I was watching them. They were angry. I was angry at them. They were there with the instruments. They weren't there to sing. But she clearly needed some backing because she was clearly terrified. It was a solo, effectively, and I'd forgotten it was. But she was not not having a good time up there, was she? No, not at all. Even her movement when it she got the so bod- when she got the Bodrum drum, she was yeah. it, she was still not feeling it, and it was oh, it was a bit of a car crash. Wasn't it? <laughs> it was just a really slow car crash. Yeah, yeah. Like no one was being murdered, but people were in pain. So before you spoiled it for yourself by looking at the YouTube comment, which said the best song that ever came last. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, Never read the YouTube comments. What would you have thought it had come before that? What were you thinking? Yeah, I would have put it low, but I wouldn't have put it bottom. But yeah. Although 2007 is a strong year. But yeah, it came last. How many points do you think it got? Five. Correct. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Five points. And the, the funny thing about that is those five points were kind of... They were only backup points from a jury because the jury in Albania had to be replaced, I think, because they were dodgy again, you know, how <laughs> you have dodgy juries. Mm-hmm. So it was a replacement jury that their votes were the only votes across all of Europe that voted for this song and gave it five points. So all the votes for the song came from Albania, who oh. were also kind of folky. So yeah, okay. I guess they, they felt it. Surprisingly bad. I remember watching it on the night and still really liking it. I don't think I was listening properly because the performance was not good. Do you want to know more about the band Dervish? Go on then. You do? 
<laughs> you really don't, do you? No. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell it's after 11 o'clock for Ryan? Dervish is an Irish traditional music group from County Sligo in Ireland. And the singer who we were just bad-mouthing, but quite fairly, was Catherine or Cathy Jordan, who um, plays the Bodron and Bones, and obviously is on vocals. But other members of the group, Brian McDonough, Thomas Morrow, Michael Holmes, Shane Mitchell and Liam Kelly. They've been around forever. They were originally called the Boys of Sligo, then they became Dervish and they released lots of albums and I'm sure if I did some research, did some listening, I'd like a lot of their stuff. Mm, I bet you would. Yes. So that was Dervish, but obviously Eurovision was not a highlight of their career because for Ireland to come last as well. Where does this fall in Rubber Turkey? Oh, Dustin. I don't know what year Dustin was. <laughs> Dustin the Turkey. He's around that time. He's sort of 2005-06 sort of time, isn't he? Yeah. Well, it can't be 2006 because Dervish got a free pass to the final because it was in the, I don't know whether you know this, in the noughties for a while, the top 10 songs from the previous, the top 10 countries from the previous year got automatically qualified. Oh. Before they went into two semifinals. Oh, okay. So because Brian Kennedy had got into the top 10 the previous year, the island automatically qualified for the final. Right. Yes. Probably the year after this one then. I think maybe it was. Don't write in. Because <laughs> we can just quickly check on Google. We're just not going to do it live. Because that would be dull podcasting. So now we have 50s to 80s. Who have we got, Ryan? <laughs> We've got Pump Pump <laughs> by Freddie and the Friends, who represented Finland in 1976. <laughs> So, that very certainly was <laughs> Pump Pump. 
What did you think of Freddy and his friends? Oh god, they were very excited to be at Eurovision. Particularly the woman to the right of Freddy. Honestly, she has she taken something before she went on stage? I think some of that was also her perm getting very excited as well. Yeah. Like she'd just done a little bit of momentum and it just ricocheted into her perm. I think she was called Sue. <laughs> I, just, I do think she's a Sue. She's just a Sue who's getting carried away having had a few drinks at a, at a hen Doesn't night. get out normally. No, she Got doesn't. away from the kids. Cheryl on the left, <laughs> I don't know their names, um, is more sort of like sedate. She's kind of, she'll only have one glass of red wine. Yeah, because she knows get, what she gets like. And she's going to get back for the kids. <laughs> so, you know. But Sue's like, she's away because she's not getting any at home. She's like, I'm paying for the babysitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's up for anything. And if she can get, up, get on with Freddy afterwards, I think she would. Mm. Clamber aboard. Pump, pump. <laughs> so what do we think of this finished performance? Oh, I don't know. It's all right. It's a bit weird. Um, they're definitely talking about getting their pump, pump on. Yeah, you you, turned, you you sort of lent into me and said, it's about sex, isn't it? <laughs> well, there's something about a two-player game and dancing until they die and all this sort of... Well, it's whether dancing is being used as a metaphor for sex I mean it is in Doctor Who isn't it all that dancing business in Doctor Who you remember about Captain Jack and the Doctor and oh. the Doctor dancers it was all about dancing sex. save that for your other podcast oh wow <laughs> <laughs> I mean shut up alright you take the floor carry on tell them all about Freddie and the Friends and your thoughts Fill the time. Fill the airtime with your amazing thoughts. Go. So that was Freddie and the Friends <laughs> with Pump Pump. <laughs> oh, you've got nothing to say? <laughs> Would you like me to offer some things to say? Um, okay. Bestow us your wisdom. <laughs> I shall. But keep uh, it not about Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got that message loud and freaking clear. Freddie is wearing a giant black velvet blazer with pink sparkle trim mm-hmm. and grey polyester trousers mm. always teaming those things together that worked um, Cheryl and Sue as we, as we <laughs> wearing pink trousers and a pink top and it's black trim I would even go so far as to say that Sue might be wearing a pantsuit which is very 1976 then we brilliantly at the side we've got um, these two supply teachers the two supply teachers <laughs> Jeanette and Cyril and Jeanette's got a long longish blonde bob and Cyril honestly just looks like he's just finished teaching a geography class, doesn't he? I mean, I don't know what he's doing there, but uh, covered in PVA glue and then rolled in on a barber's floor. Yeah, and there's lots of facial hair, not necessarily in the right places, exactly. But best of all, we have Sub Bjorn Ulveus Abba Lookalikey at the at the um, piano. Who's got the tiny, the tiniest scarf I've ever seen? It's a thin black scarf. It's a very long, thin black scarf. It, is. it goes all the way over his shoulder. And he he's cheesy grinning to camera he's so happy to be there he thinks this is the start of their career that freddie and friends are going to take the world by storm what's the kid from peanuts on the oh board? yeah schroeder yeah he's very much like that very well. schroeder vibes yes yeah. good catch pump pump you know the underwear brand pump they should perhaps adopt adopt this song they're definitely not going to do that <laughs> <laughs> don't you think it's the right vibe they want to go out of business <laughs> Let me tell you more about Freddy, particularly, because I think you want to know. So, Freddy, real name Matty Kalevi Siltonen, was um, around only until last year. Finnish comedic actor, musician, singer-songwriter and TV presenter. He was best known in Finland for being part of the comedic variety ensemble Kivikasvot. I knew that. And he named Freddy after Fred Flintstone from the Flintstones. Mm. So there you go. So how do you think it did in 1976? So do we think there's a bit of a comedy vibe to this song then? Definitely. If they, if it was part they're, of a, they're going for a sort of a novelty act, aren't they? Like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, absolutely. That makes a bit more sense. Yeah. So how do you think it did out of 18 countries? Oh, 8th? It was 11th. Oh, okay. So I thought it was done better. Seeing as it's 76, it seems peak 76 to me. Yeah, maybe people were still a bit too uptight and stuffy with the competition back then. Yeah, I mean, it's nowhere near as good as anything like Waterloo, but it's, yeah, it's it's not great, but it's fun. It's very 70s Eurovision fair. Yeah. And I'm grateful to Cheryl and Sue for deciding <laughs> to go out that night and party. <laughs> I should probably find out what they were really called. Well, they were just and the friends.
Thank you for listening to Eurovision Queens. Why not come and have a conversation with us on Twitter at EuroQueensPod or if you're on Instagram, we're Eurovision Queens where we're uploading lots of very exciting reels. On both of those, there's also a link in our bio to our Spotify playlist for everything that we've played in the show so far. Back to the show. Okay, so we're back from our short break. And it's time to stay here in the UK, even though I'm not here this week. (laughs) And one of my favourites from the 80s. What have we got? Love Is by Vicky from Love is a very tiny little two-step side to side. <laughs> yeah. And let's not, ha- let's not overcomplicate the choreography more than that. Maybe she just couldn't dance. Maybe the, dance. maybe the dress was incredibly tight. It did look fairly tight and restrictive. Yeah. So <laughs> I should come clean about this. I bought the single. I was all over this. I thought it was amazing. Not, I'm slightly mystified that I thought it was that amazing now. 
But at the time, I just thought it was, I thought it had a really good beat. I sound like my mum. It had a really good beat. Mm. Um, <laughs> I just remember particularly the single cover had her lying prone in a maroon and black dress. And I just thought she looked amazing. I wasn't gay, though. No. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit of an oddity in a way, because I thought it was amazing then. Now I just, I, it's just nostalgia for me now that I remember loving it so much. Mm. But how do you think it did? I feel like it should have done badly, but it probably did really well. So maybe third? It was four. (laughs) (laughs) How did you know that? I think maybe I'm just starting to get better at this. (laughs) But it was really... It was quite lacklustre. Was it? I feel like the the performance was lacklustre. Like she started sat in a chair and she... She looked like she was waiting at a cocktail bar for a date that didn't turn out. Yeah, so she was bitterly going to tell you what love is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. The funniest thing about the performance, other than the crab, well, that, the crab bit was the funniest bit, wasn't it? When she moved across the floor to one side, you just you burst out laughing when she did that. Well, yeah, she just kept, continued stepping to the left. Yeah. The funniest thing, though, was the two backing singers in navy blue. They were so far behind her that you'd have to have opera glasses to see them. They were, she was like, they're not going anywhere yeah. near me. I will allow them on the stage, but yeah. behind everything. Yes, they're even behind the set almost. Oh, see, the funniest thing for me is her shell necklace that yeah. she's clearly raided from the bathroom. Yeah. But plastic blue and white shells. Sorry, how have you noticed Chanel? <laughs> um, sky blue dress with blue tights, blue and pink high heels, blue sp- clip-on earrings, sparkly blue, the blue eye earrings, shadow, blue eye shadow, and and a, a properly hairsprayed bob. Yeah, um, that hair was not moving. What was it used to call? Was it L net? That really strong hairspray, L net. Mm. I think that was an L net bob that was not going anywhere. But it had all. it had it had some girth to it. And that's what love is. And the, the, but the but the but the but, the, but, the, but the, the story that she's telling is a bit questionable. Is it? He wants to invite her back to his place. She kind of wants to go home. She's not sure if she should call him again. He's too not sure if he wants to break the. It's all a bit. It's all about taking a chance. And on one's two got hearts to be beating the strong as. One. Don't sing over me. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> it's all about taking a chance. That's what love is. No? No. <laughs> I think I'm not going to convince him, and I think me singing it more is not going to help matters. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> now, you, you know it came fourth on the night. Yeah. How did it do in the UK charts? Ooh, seventh? Well, remember that I bought a copy. I bought one copy. Not number one. Did it get to number one? <laughs> the highest it got was 49 on the singles chart. Wow. So it makes me wonder how on earth I got a copy, because cause that would actually make it hard to get a copy, because you could only really buy the top 40, couldn't you? I suppose there was no releases. No, because it would have been the Eurovision top, yes. wouldn't it? So, yeah. So people here didn't like it. <gasps> wow. <laughs> I'll have you know this is our best performance since Books Viz at the time. Yeah, but chart-wise, people here didn't care much for it. Oh, are you suddenly behind the British public and their opinions? Well, they weren't voting for it. <laughs> so I don't think we're going to agree about Vicky and Love Is. Love Is committing to one colour for your outfit <laughs> and really committing to it. Love Is also <laughs> banishing your backing singers to the far back of the stage. And Love Is taking the shells out of the bathroom and going, they'll go with this outfit. That's what love is. <laughs> okay, moving on swiftly to our bridesmaid slot. Second place in Eurovision. We're going back to 2004. This song represented Serbia. Lane Moje by Zelko Joksimovic.
pomyslíš Bojím se da te opet zavolíš U modre usme zarijem zube Da pravu bol zaboravim Lane moje Samo dal si sama Ljude koje ne čujem Lane moje noća skreni Nije važno bilo s kim Nađi nekog nalik meni Da te barem ne testing me this episode aren't you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm gonna go first then that was lana moye literally my fawn which figuratively means my darling and it was performed by as we said selko toksimovic for serbia and montenegro before they separated it was a traditional piece of serbian music ballad and as we said it's in the second place slot it was second to ukraine wild dances by roslana so i love this because it's really sweeping it's got intensity it's got drama it's got beautiful instrumentals a strong vocal it's very much an instrumental <laughs> well that's the thing i did write this down it's a lot of a lot of that isn't it yeah i reckon it must be the a eurovision entry with the least amount of words in it well now, you know the one that goes to that, though. That is um, Nocturne by Secret Garden that I wrote down. So the winner in 1995 was almost all instrumental wow, okay. in Norway. But this is getting close to that sort of level of being more music than... Because mm. if you're just going to put in an orchestra piece, obviously a stirring orchestra piece, then that's going to do really well. And I think that's part of the strategy here, isn't it? Mm. It's not just what orchestra... Well, like, like you say, it's got a really good build because they layer each instrument in. Yeah really powerfully yeah oh actually they are known as an orchestra they were called the ad hoc orchestra very popular with a lot of eurovision fans regarded as one of the best non-winning songs in the contest's history why didn't you like it right oh i don't know i don't know it just i think i probably like it if i listen to it a couple more times but yeah. first time hearing it a bit boring wow uh, well yeah. i'm don't pretend that i'm not basic just a bit boring wow let's talk about the stage <laughs> In line with the the instrumentalness of the piece, he doesn't come on till thirty seconds in, does he? He's no. like wanders on. He's, he's had a pasty backstage. He's like, come down, come so on. his now. eyebrows out, getting yeah. his eyebrows down. Yeah, it's not a lot he can do with his facial hair. I've noticed he's got a tiny little one of those people who can only grow a tiny little line and a tiny little what do you call those bits? Goatee. Yeah, but it's a tiny little goatee. It's like a mini goatee. It's got a name. Was it chin strap? Something like that. But it's tinier than that, isn't it? It's more like a blemish. Anyway, don't be mean about people <laughs> facial hair. Um, he was wearing a white suit, but not like a traditional suit, sort of like um, ethnically inspired. I would like to say it's Serbian, but I don't know. And he's got a wide belt. Is there a knife in his belt? What I mean there was a, some sort of okay. bling on it to keep it that. in place. It was performed fifth on the night and still came second. So I think if it had been later in the running order, it might have really challenged 
for Zlana for that first place. I should also add that Zelko has written five ballads that have represented different countries at Eurovision. So as well as Lana Moye, Leila, Oro, Nia, Lubav, Stvar and Adio. So yeah, he has contributed a lot to Eurovision over the years. And he's almost exactly the same age as me, born a month after me. Yeah. Good on you, Zelko, for all those Eurovision contributions. What have we got now, Ryan? And next is the Juice Award. I need you to, to go, go to Eurovision. Eurovision. You're hoping for some pop, aren't you? I am. <laughs> I need yeah. something. I don't think you're going to be disappointed. I think this is going to be more up your street. This is Into the Fire by Nicole Azapardi, who tried, sought, to represent Malta this year. <laughs> So what did we think of Nicole there singing Into the Fire? That was very much like a good Eurovision from maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. Like it was a good 10 years ago time, but if that would have gone to 2022, probably would have done okay in a semi, but it wouldn't have qualified. No, I and think. But the point is we chose it because we thought it was way better than the one that did represent Malta this year, which was Emma Muscat singing I Am What I Am, which was one of the weakest performances I saw. Especially coming after Destiny. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't beat Jim McCast. What was really interesting, though, was that we did play some of the national selection this year from, you know, the Maltese Eurovision Song Contest, their selection programme. And we thought Emma Muscat's Out of Sight was really, really good. But then between that, winning the contest with that and performing at Eurovision, it's within the rules for them to change the song that they're going to sing. And they chose a completely different song. They went with I Am What I Am rather than Out of Sight. And Out of Sight is really good. And Ryan is going to play a bit of that in now. Swimming the waves of the ocean Lost the direction to go in Trapped in the middle of nowhere Doesn't work this way All by myself in this moment 
the 17 songs in the Maltese National Final, Nicole Azapardi finished third with Into the Fire. But it makes me think we should check out the second place one, Aiden, with the song Ritmu, because that could be good. <laughs> we don't know. We just don't know. I see that the fourth song was called How Special You Are, and it was written, uh, it was performed by an artist called Norbert. <laughs> I kind of want to find out about Norbert <laughs> now. <laughs> but yes, you heard a bit of Out of Sight, much better than I Am What I Am, or whatever it was called. So let's talk a bit about the performance. What about the costume? Yeah, it was weird scaly sequins gown, not gown, <laughs> catsuit-y type crazy. Yeah, it was kind of like fish scales around her face, wasn't it? And then it kind of became a sort of sequins, as you said. But it was a weird shape because it made it was kind of came under her boob. So it made her boobs look big, but also misshapen. Well, she had like a black vest top yeah. in the sequins. It was very odd, very odd. Very odd. And then you had two um, S&M guys behind her in sort of like leather corsets. <laughs> and lots of black eyeshadow. Yeah, and they were um, in chains at one point. Mm-hmm. That was starting to be a plus point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was It was all a bit obvious. It yeah. felt sub-Fuego, didn't it? It felt like there were yeah. echoes of Fuego, but really it wasn't enough. But as we said, way better than the song that they did send. In the <laughs> Have I made that point? Um, I've forgotten the song even before you just said it. Okay. <laughs> Our final song of the episode is all about the chaos that is the randomizer. Here we go. So before we we do it though, what year do you think is going to come up? Oh yeah, we haven't we guessed a year. I really hope it's a recent year, <laughs> twenty ten onwards. I need something. It's not what you hope; it's what you think it's going to be. Well, then it's going to be sixty three. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be ninety two. Just to, just because I can't be coping with nineties at the moment. Do you say sixty three? I say ninety two. Let's see what we've got. All right. Well, you got your wish. Twenty twenty one. Yeah. <laughs> You're really happy about that, aren't you? Yes. Now, what can it be in twenty twenty one? Oh, there's lots of good. There's so many good ones. So there's 26 songs. Okay. So I'm clicking on the button between 1 and 26. What are you going to throw up? We have song number 18. And let's just check that. No, it's good. You're going to be happy. (laughs) Slight redemption here for this episode. We have The Roop with Discotech. Oh, yeah. I like that one. Yay. Yay. Here at night, don't care, I feel it's safe to dance alone. Let's 
that was a fun way to end the yeah. episode. <laughs> the route with Discotech, which came eighth in the final. Cool. I thought, I thought it came a bit, a bit higher than that. I'm surprised I'm reading that. Yeah, and I, I know why you feel that way. Because, and this is my fun fact <gasps> of the exact Ryan's very most fact. top of my head. So they obviously they were supposed to be at 2020. And brilliant song. And then with a brilliant song, yeah. What was that called again? On Fire, yes. So their song Discotech... I believe was the first song to be announced for 2021. So we had it so for a long time. this was the one we had the longest, oh. and everyone. I think there was like the momentum around it because everyone was excited for the Eurovision to happen again, mm-hmm. and you know this was a good party song, so it got everyone excited for it. So when they actually performed it, everyone was like, "Yes, this one!" <laughs> Absolutely, it's such a iconic, stylish performance as well. He's got so much confidence. It doesn't ma- matter that he's wearing a yellow suit with big white platforms. <laughs> you know, he's, he's very happy with who he is, and his dancers are as well. There's an element of a bit like him. Um, what was the Russian song from 2020, the famous one? Oh, Little Big. Yes, it has. I think it's it borrows elements of the dancing from that. Yeah, sort of like the it's silly, but I'm doing it. I'm selling it with such confidence yes. that actually it goes beyond silly and being. Yeah. awesome yeah yeah exactly i wanted it to do really well i could have i could have been very happy with it doing better than eight but mm. um, i thought it was a brilliant performance i really enjoyed all the choreography the silliness and i said the confidence with which it was performed thank you randomizer just about yeah thank you randomizer <laughs> and we've come full circle haven't we yes yeah. we started with ben and tan from 2020 who didn't come back then, and then we had someone who everyone really wanted to come back. And they did. And they did. And they smashed it out of the park. I still think, I know this is an unpopular opinion, but I still think On Fire could have won the 2020 competition had it been performed. Mm. Well, and he did his little... Little hand movement. Little his head. Hand yeah. movement as a nod to it at the start of this one too. So that was nice. Yeah. As for a theme for this episode... Oh. Oh, yeah. We haven't voted if we're going to put it on the playlist oh, yeah. or not. Well, that's definitely... <laughs> yeah, two we thumbs up. We don't yeah, have to right. do anything. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking something like, more Andy than Ryan. <laughs> more Andy than Ryan. Definitely that, yeah. <laughs> because I've enjoyed a lot of those songs. You've really not been so much in it. And it's not just about how late it is in the evening. It's about... I've got a bit lost in the middle there. <laughs> And those little blue and white shells push me over the edge. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Vicky. So, until next time, I have been Andy and I have enjoyed going back to Eurovision past with you. Mm. And I've definitely gone to Eurovision past with you. It's been a bit of an (laughs) (laughs) eye-opener. As ever, we'd be very pleased if you connect with us on social media. On Twitter, we're at EuroQueensPod on Instagram Eurovision Queens and you can email us on EurovisionQueens at gmail.com that's right if you recommend something or if you just leave us a comment more importantly if you leave us a damn well Apple podcast review you're, <laughs> you're certain to get read out on air provided you're a five star reviewer we don't do the others we don't so it's time for us to pump pump <laughs> <laughs> oh god wow <laughs> say yes say yes <laughs> Until next time, goodbye. Potato. Potato.